1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil.
3: And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast.
2: Let's start the
4: countdown.
3: Right, let's kick them off. Jess, give us your number 10 movie song, please.
5: So my number 10 is a really random one, and you're probably going to laugh when I say this, uh, but it's from the film Ali G. Okay. And it is Mejoolie. <laughs> 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 I remember watching it with my parents, which is shocking. Um, and my dad always loved that song, so playing a bit of Shaggy in the car. Yeah, it was Shaggy, movie.
3: wasn't it? Yeah, it was
5: yeah. Shaggy. Yeah.
3: yeah yeah he's someone that seems to have didn't he have a resurgence in a couple of years ago with Sting
2: he, he did they went on a huge tour and did an album together so what was that all about I don't know Sting finding his inner reggae maybe
3: yeah it so I did they do like around, Me Roxanne did they do <laughs> Me me <that>? Roxanne <laughs> I That's don't know. I, I I didn't hear any of that stuff. I didn't know whether or not it was. It was like it was like a tribute to the police, and it was just like reggae version. Well, Mind you, a lot of the police stuff was sort of reggae, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, good movie though, Ali G. I, I think that doesn't get the the sort of kudos that it should get as a movie. It's really funny.
5: I think just uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as an actor is incredible. When you think of him and just how diverse he's been from Ali G, Ali G to Borat, he is a talent people think he's a fool but i think he's
2: a very talented fool mm. i do yeah he's I a bit agree. of a comedy genius i yeah. think the way he gets people to react and interact with him i think it's amazing and i know I've a lot
3: Ali of L G in ages no martin, no, martin freeman's, martin like, freeman's in it and tony way's in it as well i think yeah. um i think loads of people have said this but i would have loved to have seen sasha baron cohen's version of freddie mercury Oh God, yeah, because he was originally supposed to be Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody, and then it didn't go the way he, I think he wanted to concentrate more on the sordid side of Freddie. He wanted life, it no he? holds, didn't he? And yeah. the rest of Queen didn't want it like that, so no, no, mm, okay. fair enough. Good start there, Jess. Good start. Uh, <laughs> Neil, then you're number 10. So it's running up that hill by
2: placebo, yes. their version of it on Daybreakers uh vampire film starring Ethan Hawke and William Dafoe and that. But that version I think is even better than Kate Bush's to me. And uh, it's on my uh playlist um quite regularly. So Is that your workout playlist, Neil? <laughs> Not running at that hill. That's that's more of a sat down chilling playlist. My workout playlist on that—the slowest workout ever, wouldn't it? Because uh, they really stripped it back. It wasn't. It's, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good version. Have you ever heard? You still it have now?
3: the wow wow wow
2: bit on it? Yeah. Oh, did it? Alright, okay. but yeah, it's um, it's a great song. It really is a good song. So, I can't say whether I've ever heard it or not. I would, I would suggest checking it out. It's beautiful the way they've done it. Beautiful. Okay. Haunting, I think is the word.
5: Yeah, it's one of those bands you think, where are they now? Because you know, back in the mid-noughties, they were all mm. all over HMV when we used to go and take our pocket money to buy a CD that week.
3: Yeah, no, they I did say same... the one where the lead singer had like floppy hair, but wore makeup and stuff. Yeah.
5: Yes, and they did tracks like Nancy Boy. And that Nancy was great
3: Boy, film. that was it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I wouldn't be able to sing it to you if I, I don't think How did it go, Jess. I'm
5: not singing <laughs> oh, <laughs> it. Yeah. on the radio.
2: You wouldn't want to be song, singing I, I
5: don't sing the song. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, he's got quite a unique voice, mm. hasn't he? Right, so was that the, that was their big hit, wasn't it? Nancy Boy and um, what's the other one? Oh, I can't think off the top of my head. Sorry, right. but yeah, there was they had two big hits. Running up that hill did well in America, more so than
3: here. Oh right, but, okay, yeah, okay. But I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, All right, thank recommend. you. I will do that. Uh, well, I'll find when we we have our video playlist that goes with our um, for the Patreon. So I'll I'll have a listen to it then when I do that okay my number 10 uh is singing in the rain by gene kelly from the movie singing in the rain Uh, i love gene kelly i just think he's mesmerizing to watch he's like one of those effortless dancers but he doesn't really he didn't really look like a dancer do you know what i mean he seemed quite Mm. sort of almost like a boxer he seemed quite squat and quite sort of chunky well not chunky because he wasn't chunky but you know not my kind of chunky but he didn't have the usual dance of the seat did he well like well, like fred astaire was very sort of slim and elegant whereas gene kelly seemed a bit more i keep saying squat but he was like obviously he was shorter but singing in the rain that whole section of the movie is just fantastic obviously it was um taken off by morcom and wise wasn't it the very mm. famous scene but i think i'm right in saying that It was a little bit like um, James Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life, that he had the flu when he was filming that. That that one song, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he he was really bad, obviously. uh, But you wouldn't know. You just wouldn't have a clue that there was anything wrong. He was at the height of his powers. Um, In any movie with Gene Kelly in it, I I would... Apparently he was a bit of a git to Debbie Reynolds in it.
2: Was he? Yeah. Uh, you know, Pushing her more than she could, telling her she couldn't sing. I was, I was just in one of the books i've been reading recently ruined so, one of my heroes oh, probably, sorry, mate. <laughs> but, you know it's hearsay isn't it it might not be true
3: yeah, it might not be or he might he might have been doing it just to get a, a fantastic performance out. Of exactly it, pushing her, pushing it yeah. to her limits but there you go so that's my number 10 uh right then crystal you're number nine then please
6: okay my number nine um 1978, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club wow. Band. Wow,
3: wow, wow. Um,
6: I am convinced that everyone involved with this movie was on LSD when they <laughs> conceived and executed this. Have, have you both seen it?
3: I've not seen I've seen clips of it. I, I have seen I, clips. I was listening to a podcast and they mentioned it, and it's the Bee Gees, isn't it?
6: It's yeah. the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton, Peter Frampton and Aerosmith. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I mean, it's just this fever dream of trying to take Sgt. Pepper and Abbey Road and make a movie out of it. It was like the predecessor to Mama Mia, and they they wove this storyline of magical instruments and in this um this this innocent band music music band from heartland usa going to big bad los angeles and getting corrupted and they have to go and save the day it's absurd (laughs) but it's worth the price of admission to watch george burns sing for the benefit of mr kite
3: oh my god (laughs) you have a cigar and everything Yeah. Did he have to YouTube that now?
6: It is it is crazy. It's yeah, I I I, everyone was on acid. That's the only explanation for this movie. But it's I love the music, even though it's not the Beatles, I still love the music. Yeah. And it's just so absurd. I mean, it's got these, you know, female android robot evil. Doers and I mean it's just it's kind of done like a a 1920 silent film, right? Because we really don't want the musicians acting. Yeah, that's kind of what it comes down to. It's like let's just let them act out on the screen. They never speak. Right. They only ever sing. It's a delight. It really is. As long as you don't expect great filmmaking. And you're like, OK, you know, maybe I don't think it's legal where you are, but there are states here where, you know, weed is legal. That'd be a perfect movie to watch when you're partaking.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get I, I, you talking about it makes me want to watch it because I, <laughs> I, I've never seen I've seen clips of it. Um I'm gonna to have to search out on YouTube the George Burns bit though. I think we'll okay. put that as the um, on the for the, for the Patreon. We'll put that on the video playlist. I'll put the George Burns bit on there. Oh. Oh, another great choice. Another Fantastic. great choice. Um, Neil, you said Clash of the Titans, so <laughs> uh, we've done that. Now I've cheated on my number nine because um, it could be um, it could be various movies, but I've put anything with Leslie Nielsen in right. it. No, not necessarily Airplane or Naked Gun, but some of the other ones. Now he made some like really really bad movies um but things like dracula dead and loving it and spy hard and uh, what was the repossessed there's That's some really look. really good mm. laughs in some of those movies and i do feel that the only reason that they're funny is because of leslie nielsen i think leslie nielsen was an absolute comedy genius never started off in comedy he was a very no. serious actor um and I was watching. and again it comes down to farts, I'm afraid, but <laughs> I was watching some YouTube videos, some YouTube videos of him when he used to do his um interviews about movies and he would bring a little hand fart machine with him. So this guy is trying to talk to him about this this movie, and every time the guy asks a question, there's a little <laughs> like that. <And> Leslie <laughs> Nielsen just has like a stone face as if you know, what what are you laughing at? You know, what uh, he's just I love the bloke I absolutely love the man. Um so yeah so it isn't one movie. Um it's anything anything with Leslie Nielsen in it. So that's Perfect. my that's my number 9. Charles your number 8. My number 8 is
7: now this is probably one of the only and it is one of the more bawdy ones but it's Carry On at Your Convenience. Oh right. Okay. Reason being that um it was just one that I think I remember watching a few times with my granddad and we didn't often watch, like we used to watch a wrestling about the only things we used to watch really were the wrestling on a Saturday afternoon with big daddy and, um, and the snooker. But I do remember watching that with him a couple of times and he, he did really like that one. There's a, there's a scene he used to laugh at this bit. It's a really simple bit where they go, they come off the coach, they go for a day out and and also it's got Brighton in it as well. So obviously near where I live. Um, and they go for this sort of work stew. And then um, they go. They all descend from the bus to go and have a wee behind some trees. And it's just a bit where behind the Breslau comes out from the tree and he sort of shakes his leg off, like all <laughs> yes. the wee coming down his leg. And my <laughs> grand used to think that was hilarious. Um, uh, <laughs> it's just, I yes. guess sort of, any man around the world would know that sort of feeling of <laughs> wee trickling down your leg. Um so yeah, so that one for me and every I think Every night, just, Giles. Every yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that one for me is more like a real nostalgia one for 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 watching it with my granddad. But um I, I kind of like all the sort of um the union stuff, and it. it's quite interesting. And mm. uh yeah, and obviously there's some hilarious names. I mean, WC Boggs is the owner of the um, of the, the the toilet factory and they're, they're really <laughs> against making B days, which is got, you know it's quite funny as well. It's just, uh, so yeah, I really we really love it. and I love the subplot. One of the I think it's one of my favourite subplots is Hattie Jakes and the little bird who tweets yes. when they've uh, on certain when uh, Sid James is reading out the Horses. horse racing and he yeah. starts winning all the time and becomes really wealthy. Yeah. Um, that uh, the budgie it's a little budgie isn't it, yeah. Joey?
8: That's Hello, Joey. Hello,
7: Joey. <laughs> um, so uh, there's loads of little lovely moments in it, but of course it is a little bit more kind of a little bit bawdy, more bawdy they literally do go on a on a palace pier. Um, so it's got a lot of that humour in it as well, which is sort of a bit more um, distasteful now. But I, I still I still quite like that one.
3: <clears throat> the only thing that I've has always bothered me about that one is, is the very one of the first scenes is when the it's Kenneth, what's his name? He was in uh, Randall and Hopkirk, to see Scorn Giles. Let me know the I'm name. Looking it up, I'm Kenneth looking Cope. Up. It's Kenneth Cope, isn't it? Kenneth who's Cope, the, yeah. Who's the shop steward, if you like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I can't work out. So just bear with me on this. Now, it's their work day, okay? So it's they're saying, he's saying that he wants to get everybody out because there's football in the afternoon and the team are playing at home. So all the men want to, obviously they they want to be on strike so they can go and watch the football. So what day of the week are they? So that means mean they're working on a Saturday. There's so a little bit of plot plot hole there. Yeah. Yeah. So right. if it's an afternoon for a Saturday, and then when they talk, they're saying that oh well we we'd be here till half five. Oh, don't you worry about that. No, we won't. And then they talk about working the following day. So it can't be a Saturday because they won't be working Sunday. Could be a I, Wednesday. Look, I know this isn't. I'm, I'm I'm looking in it like it's a bloody like Inception or it's, you know it's a Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> I shouldn't be looking into it too too much, but. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was a midweek game or something. But
7: yeah. I I love his name though, Vic Spanner. Vic Spanner. <laughs> Vic Spanner.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh dear. And then also he's got his 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 mum who runs like a a B and B. Yeah. And then um a Charles Organites <laughs>
8: yes.
3: And he loses his trousers on the back of the uh, on the back of the bike. Yeah. Uh, typical carry on. Lovely yeah. stuff. Uh go on then, Neil, you're number eight.
2: So it's Carry On Doctor. This is quite a bawdy one as well. But um, Jim Dale in this uh, always, always reminded me of My Godfather, who's a spitting image for Jim Dale. So when he was growing up, I used to actually think, Christ, that could be him. He's such a doppelganger. But it's also um, got a load of iconic scenes. Oh, there's that I word, sorry, pal. But it has. Um, Barbara Windsor in it, obviously, and things like that. But, yeah, it's just nostalgia again it just makes me I, I'm not sure if I watched it now this one whether I'd find it as funny as
3: I did I no, need you to go would. back and revisit it no, you it's would. been a while yeah it,
2: Frankie it just, Howard
3: is fantastic in this one
2: yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah
3: I do remember that as
2: well so yeah it's just I must I must invest in these they must be available on Blu-ray surely
3: I don't know whether they're on Blu-ray but I mean like I say get them on iTunes they're all like HD versions on iTunes for like $4.99 uh, I must invest in a load
2: more. I yeah, think you just,
7: can get. Yeah, I've, um, a friend of mine just bought a like a, a just a DVD set of them. You know. Yeah, but, they used to do a nice yeah. uh, sort of
3: box set, didn't they? Yeah.
2: And I must. I must invest. Oh Neil, I just I just,
3: I just them. sold them all for a tenner. How did you? I did, because I was getting rid of all my DVDs and Blu-rays. I just sold oh, them all for well, a ten. Go. I should've let there I should have known. I should have known. There you poop, are. But... Poop face. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the vicar goes and speaks to the ambulance men. That's uh, it. I beg your pardon. Oh yeah. sorry, sorry, reverend. Uh perhaps okay. gonna
7: be is the doctor... go-to. Sorry, sorry. God. Is, is Doctor Um I need to make sure if it's the right one? Is Doctor the one where Peter Buff- Butterworth is sort of creeping along the.
3: No, that's no. again Doctor, which yeah, we'll we'll will cool, come yeah. up in a little bit later. Uh, mm. You'll be able to play that scene. Yeah. The Doctor's yeah, the trials. one
2: where um, Barbara <laughs> Windsor comes in with the um, and Jim Dale's. trying Jim to
7: Dale do... goes sent off to the like Caribbean or somewhere in the no, jungle. That's, that's again Doctor. That's again
3: Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he but comes Jim... back with the with the diet with the um, yeah yeah that with the thing. formula. Sorry, yeah, I'm confusing. On. Carry on, Doctor is the one with um, Barbara
2: Windsor wearing a uh, bikini and Jim Dale's trying to do with the stethoscope. That's
9: that's, no, again, that's, that's, that's again, Doctor. That's again, Doctor. Oh, yeah. Christ,
3: we're getting them Carry confused, on, Doctor oh. is where she is a nurse and that's she goes right. in to see Kenneth Williams because Kenneth Williams saved her life. She goes and do, does a bit of sunbathing on the top of the um, that's right the dorm or whatever, and, and Jim Dale thinks that she's trying to commit suicide, yes. so goes up. And then he gets struck off and then the the patients decide to um, exact revenge on the matron and on Kenneth Williams. Williams that's right. So yeah. matron is the one with the classic, uh,
7: the classic Peter Butterworth.
3: No, it's, again, Doctor is the one with the is classic. Is the, is the Peter Butterworth bit where you're thinking of... Okay, well, we'll, we'll
4: reveal we'll, that yeah. when you get it. We will, <laughs> I, don't yeah, we will. It. I
3: don't want to spoil it, I don't spoil it. We will. Um, okay, so Doctor was your number eight. My number eight is Carry On, Follow That Camel. Cool. <laughs> with um, mm. Sergeant Bilko, uh, Phil Silvers himself, which should have been, mm. uh, apparently I read on IMDb before we uh, started that uh, it should have been Sid James. He got paid £30,000. Yeah, he was wow. the highest paid yeah. um, carry-on actor ever which really pissed everybody off, apparently. Mm. And apparently Peter Butterworth and Jim Dale weren't talking during the filming of this. They'd fallen out. Oh, right. Oh, really? Yeah, which is mad because they were together for the whole film. They're in it, yeah. They're in it a lot together, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just enjoy it because it's something a little bit different. Um, Bernard Breslau's another one. He can play an oaf, but he's quite sort of... Sort of striking in that, that one, mm. you know. He's quite, you know, he's a, he's a sinister, but sort of. I don't know whether it's. I mean, again, it's un-PC because he's blacked up a little bit. Yeah. to Play, um, play the character, uh, but has like piercing blue eyes, which is like you know, yeah, especially in HD and and you when you're led <laughs> in bed, it's um, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> dreaming about yeah, yeah dreaming Bernard of Bernard Breslau. Breslau's eyes <laughs> yeah. wasn't that a song uh Bernie, yeah it was yeah no I think was Betty Davis oh actually. right yeah, I'm yeah, sorry yeah. <laughs> uh, great names again Sergeant Knocker Captain <laughs> Peace, uh and Zig Zig some of the some of the great names and the running gag going through it's Commandant oh, Burger as well
8: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um it's uh is it Angela Douglas is the woman in it? Is that, is that right, Charles? That's yes. To, yes. Yeah, she and, plays Lady Jane Ponsonby. Yeah, so the, the running gag with her is every, she's going to travel to see Jim Dale's character and everywhere she goes on a train and then the person comes and checks that she's okay and says, are you, are you travelling alone? Uh, and yes, I am. And then they yeah. shut the door and it all goes black and that happens like four or five times all the way through it. So that's quite funny. It's a bit like Tiffin. Tipping. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll come to that as well. <laughs> uh right then. Uh
7: you're number seven then, Charles. Well, that's a great segue because that it's carrying out the Kyber. Oh well,
2: oh, that's my number seven as well.
3: Okay, that's am. my number that's my number four. That's my number four. Okay, so why? Um I don't know, it's again, it's one of those I I mean it's it's it's
7: really not PC because there's a lot not of not, yeah, really not PC. Um, but again, I guess it's just that it's just remembering actually one of those ones that we had recorded off the telly, and uh, one I guess one Christmas, and it was just one that got put on a lot because of that, you know, because we didn't have that many videos or there was just stuff that we recorded off the TV. There'd be I don't know about you guys, but we used to have a VH, you know, we'd have a VHS, we'd have about three or four kind of things on it, and often it would be. Um, Things like we'd have like an episode of something that was on before it and then the the film, the film, you know. So often we had like sort of episodes of, there's a brilliant episode of Some Mothers Do Have Them where they go on Second Honeymoon. And that was on, the that was on and then there was a, a kind of Two Ronnies movie. So I just remember these kind of, these things. Mm. I still remember some of these combinations. And I think Up the Khyber was on there with another carry-on film, I'm trying remember what the other one was, but might have been cowboy but yeah so that was one that was on there and we used to watch those two a lot so i think again that's probably the yeah. nostalgia it's got one of my favorite lines as well which is um um when they keep saying fire at will and <laughs> someone <laughs> says poor old will why do they
9: keep firing at him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay then you your number seven please Number seven, I am also in the Rubber Soul album for number seven here. And this is a song that I probably would not have had a problem with 20 years ago, but it is in the... Lists of songs that have aged Poorly because they're so misogynistic And I point you to the Rolling Stones Brown Sugar that they no longer perform I point you to the annual debate Over Baby It's Cold Outside which mm. be The Christmas song that people say well it's a little rapey and monitor <clears throat> run for your Life by the Beatles run oh, for your man. life Is my number seven John Lennon is He wrote this song he's singing this song he just Now when you hear it with modern Woke ears and I and I And I don't think that's a negative I think it's good That we're aware of these things he sounds like a creepy stalker i mean he's threatening he's following this woman he's saying uh, i'd rather see you dead than to see you with another man and i'm sorry i can't hear a lyric like that and go oh this is a good listen i'm enjoying this so run for your life my number seven okay
3: are you able to put it
9: i mean we last week we did carry on films and they were
3: very much of a 60s and 70s right. can you do that with songs can you put them and think well that's of its time and, and maybe get over that a little bit Can you can you separate the
9: artist from the song as well? Yes, I can. Yeah, I'm not not listening to the Beatles because they have this song, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. No, I mean, what he was saying was a common feeling that people had back then. I mean, it was just we we just don't treat people that way anymore. That's Mm -hmm. all. Yeah, it's definitely an artifact of its time. It's a mid 60s rock Mm -hmm. song. I get that. I just it it gives me the, the, the willies a little bit when I hear it today. That's all. Yeah, that's a good point. Fair enough, I yeah. must admit,
3: I don't think I've listened to that song all the way through. So I'll have to, I know it's sort of counterproductive, but I'll have to have a little listen to that to hear what it sounds like now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of like, you pique piqued my interest. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number seven so this one as we spoke about cover
2: versions just now and this one was ruined for me by somebody's cover now I can't remember who did it but um, somebody Dawn it's Strawberry Fields Forever Mm. and there was a cover version I think of the uh, early 90s maybe the late 80s um and it was awful. It was god-awful, but it was played and played and played until it literally, now whenever I hear the opening chords, I think of the cover version rather than the original.
3: Yeah, because it was uh, more of a rave kind of version, wasn't yeah. it? It was like... Um, Something I Dawn, wasn't it? I can't think what their other first name was. No, you're, thinking, absolute... that you're thinking of PM Dawn, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't. Was it was like Candy, true, yeah.
9: candy Flip. Yes. Candy Flip. Candy Flip. This one was not a hit in America, but I, no. feel like, I feel like I heard it too. I think I know what you're talking about. And yeah, that can definitely happen where somebody comes out with a rave version or makes a dance record out of a, a song record. you used to love. Yeah, It was very much of the Acid House time that we had in, well, Pav's
2: representing with his bucket hat on now. That he sure is. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was at um, that time, and it was god-awful, but yet it was played almost constantly everywhere, and it's tainted my view of this song now and alas every i've tried and tried when i listen to sergeant peppers i leave it on and i leave it playing but all i start thinking of how did they ever get the license to do that and it makes
3: me angry almost which is tainted it was something. candy flip but you can't get it on apple apple music for some reason <laughs> I won't yeah, let you play good. it we'll let you play it but uh what so even that because of that version yeah. it triggers It's sort of, yeah, PTSD. (laughs) I was that traumatized by it. It
2: was, yeah, it's, it has sullied that song for me. And in all these years, it still
3: hasn't passed. Wow. Mm. Another Beatles classic in your top 10 worst Beatles songs. I'm not
2: denying that. That's right.
3: I'm not denying that. There's no criticism of the Beatles record.
2: Not at all. I suppose. Somebody has ruined the Beatles record for me by
3: their own, (laughs) 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 right right okay i've got one that i think is a is a bit of a fan favorite that i think susie and the banshees did a cover of um and that's dear prudence right um i find this one i don't think there's anything creepy in the lyrics um apparently it's about prudence farrow mia farrow's Mm -hmm. sister i think when they were in Mm -hmm. india um written by john lennon i just don't find anything that again that turns me on about this particular song um mm. any of the versions i didn't particularly like the susie and the banshees version from that must have been 80s, I know, I thought yeah. the 80s yeah. but that would I have been the first cover. time that would have been the first time i heard the song yeah um, sure but yeah
9: I, like, I mean the white album is my favorite beatles album i, I don't think we've uh it, it told uh, told those stories yet about which one we love the most and there are a lot of songs on there that are kind of in that vein, like Dear Prudence, like Julia, like I Will. John Lennon was very prolific during that time. And I like them all. <laughs> I like them all. I like Dear Prudence too. I mean, it wouldn't be the the, the most of the poppermost, as they used to say about the Beatles, but it certainly wouldn't be anywhere near my bottom bottom 20 for sure.
2: Mm. I have to say I'm a bit of a fan of that. Both versions, Pav.
3: Really? Like that, so, yeah. Okay. Mm. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not yeah, going to get in the mood about, about it, Neil. I've seen your top ten. I'm not going to get in the mood about that when I see what your top ten is. That's fine. Oh, don't. It'll even get worse. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it will. Uh, Ruth, your number six, please.
10: Le Miserable.
2: It was on my honorables. It were nearly made my top ten.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I've only really really... seen the movie. So loads so... of people I know say how fantastic this is. So why is it so fantastic?
10: Everything, um, what, if it you wrote if you wrote Lame as Rob, you'd go. I never need to do anything again in my <laughs> life. You know what I mean? Like it's it pen down done entire, finished. Yeah, it, one it's sung through, which is unusual. Um, oh, the stage one I can't remember. Is the movie song? Yeah, through? the movie's is yeah. completely
2: yeah. musical as um, well.
10: And um, that's that's not that's not very standard these days. That doesn't happen a lot. Um and it's um it's so lush like again it's so over the top in its lusciousness and it was like the first one where there's like a way of doing Les Mis that is only Lay Mis like no you don't hear those that kind of voice or that kind of way of singing kind of or you didn't anyway until mm-hmm. Les Mis you know and, and it's just um this the songs are beautiful. I mean one the source material is pretty pretty fucking great like you know I yeah. mean as far as source material goes that's pretty pretty good um pretty up there and um and it's just it's just so brilliant and I so when we were, when I was little when it start when it first came out my mum had been to see it um my mum had been to see it with school I think she was a teacher and um and she loved it she loved it and she bought that she bought the tape the the two the double cassette tape of the original london cast recording which if you test i can sing you the whole thing, everything the whole thing i know okay, all the go way. on then, off, off,
3: the off you, you
10: go only but only that so i don't know all of the the through bits and i don't know all of the but i know like I could sing you the whole thing, because we listened to it in the car constantly. Mm. And then she said to my dad, "I really think the kids should go and see this. We should go and see it." And we went to see it, and um, the, only, <laughs> <laughs> the only the only seats we could get were a, a box. Which you think, oh, a box, but at the palace, the the box was, was it wasn't at the palace. I can't remember. It was. The the box that we were in was at the back of the stalls, behind the stalls were with, with some boxes. So you're in a box and then there's the aisle and then there's the seats. So in the interval, everyone thought we were selling ice cream.
6: Um, <laughs>
10: um, but also, the, 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 um, the circle comes a really long way out. So I watched it as a nine-year-old going, hey, this is incredible, you know, and there was like, you know, there was some stuff going on on stage and it was all great. And I saw it again when I was in my 20s and that was when I finally saw the barricade <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because I hadn't seen it because the circle came so far out, your sight line was half of, half of the stage. Right. And when you actually see it and, you know, it's got this huge barricade and then there's the bit where and um, we commit suicide off the bridge and he, mm. he falls and the bridge shoots up into the sky and, you know, all that stuff. And it's just, but it's so, it's so over emotional. And so, you know, and, oh, and as a teenager, you know, like Eponine or, um, uh, on my own and all that. Oh yeah. I'm required love. Oh, you know, yeah, it's, every, it's everything. It's everything a teenage girl dreams of, you know, that kind of overwrought mm. emotion. Um, I love it, and and I love it unironically, because I think a lot of people kind of love it ironically, yeah. and I love it utterly unironically. I and, think, I think uh,
2: also, Ruth, it's one of those shows that is really beneficial from seeing it live.
10: Oh yeah, I mean, I think the film was mm. great. Actually, I thought they did a really good job on the film, but I there's something about seeing that one live, and you know, the bodies on the barricade and the mm. and it's so. Um, it, it's just there's something about it. It's very special and visceral and emotional and it's too much. It's too much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It has every emotion, doesn't it? Because you yeah. have proper laughs, like the master of the house, uh, see and uh, song and scene. It's bloody hilarious when they do yeah. it on stage. And it's I knew, so I knew, good
10: because I knew all the words. I remember <clears> being in the car with my nan and my mum, and it. You know the we had it on in the car because we always do. And lovely ladies came on. And I was singing along at nine because I didn't know that ready for a thick one or a quick one in the park, I didn't know what on earth that meant because I knew the words. Standing up or lying down or anywhere tall, bargain prices up against a wall. I was singing that. I didn't know what it meant. (laughs) My grandmother was like, should she be listening to this? Should she? (laughs) but, you know, and it is really funny, but it's also really bleak. Like, it's so yeah. bleak. Yeah. But it is very funny. Master of the House is great. Yeah, it's a great. So, highly
2: recommend you go and see it next time in London, pal. Genuinely. Yes. Yeah. Genuinely go and see okay. it. It's
10: still brilliant after yeah. 30 squit years or whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It
10: still stands up as, like, yeah, this is really good
2: yeah i think i've seen it three now sort of the palace and then i've seen it where it is now in london and then i saw the touring production
10: yeah.
3: right. it's really good really
10: okay. good. Well, worth it.
3: well worth it all right i will take that recommendation next time i'm <laughs> london way yes dear. uh neil then you're number six please so people might think this should be higher i don't know where to put it but it's an
2: all-time classic i've seen it both live and the film is greece that's my number three it's oh. greece Although my London experience of seeing it on the stage was slightly damp, and when the they forgot to turn the mics off, and somebody went, the audience really aren't reacting.
6: <laughs> <laughs> really loud.
2: So who did you? Who was your Danny and Sandy? I can't remember. It was no, it was like somebody from Hollyoaks or something was oh, right. Danny. Um, uh, it was the guy from Steps was playing. Who did the one song? Um, Oh, beauty school dropper. That's it. Yeah. He did that. Uh, it was the dark ed. Lee, was it? Lee Latchford Evans. That's it. <laughs> he, no it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he did one song, but that's the only one I remember in it. But it was a good production. I thought it was really good. But the movie, obviously, is a timeless classic. We all oh, know well, over, that and over again. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, uh, again, great songs, timeless songs. Everybody knows one song from Greece, I'm sure. I'm really sure they do. Yeah. And of course, without realising it until we all grew up, how risque it really was. It's
10: really rude. Indeed.
2: Mm. Indeed.
3: Indeed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of um, shit and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> well, the, ri- the pussy wagon. Pussy, yeah. No. Pussy wagon, yeah. yeah. I mean, so we went and saw it, well, we were in London for a weekend. I'll tell you what, this, we really, my, my wife and I were only really talking about this a couple of days ago. There were times back before children... Where we would take the dogs for a walk, or take the dog for a walk on a Sunday morning, and go, "Do you fancy having lunch in London?" Yeah, okay. <laughs> and we'd pop onto a train, and we'd, you know, we'd go and have lunch at Planet Hollywood or something stupid like that, just on a whim because we had yeah. no reason to not be anywhere else, you know. Yeah. But we did. We we went to London for a weekend, and we thought, should we go see if we can get like standby tickets for a show we thought we'll go and see greece oh, okay so we go to the, the the box office and they said yeah we've got a couple of tickets but the the, the show's starting in like 10 minutes like well, five minutes if you want to go and get the tickets yeah okay 25 quid of each i think they were so they said, yeah, follow that gentleman there and he'll take you to your seats. So we like, we can hear the band sort of like warming up. So we're running to the seats, running to the seats. We open up and it's the Royal Box. <laughs> 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 well, we sit in the box. And of course, people down, the plebs, sitting in the normal seats are all looking up going, ooh, I went, ooh, who's that? I wonder who that is. And we were literally at the start of the performance. You had Danny and Sandy either side, a bit like Romeo and Juliet, uh, singing to each other. And I was literally, I don't know, 10 feet away from Debbie Gibson. Wow. That's, oh, that's thought, the one
10: I saw. Oh, was it?
3: Yeah, with Craig yeah. McLaughlin, I think. Craig was, McLaughlin uh, yeah, and, uh, and then Shane Richie. Yeah. 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 And it was amazing. We were like in front of the band. It was like mental. You, couldn't, like, you never could have bought tickets as good as that, you know? It was absolutely crazy. Um, but the the, the movie. One of my absolute crushes, Olivia Newton-John. Even mm. now, I still I think she's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I, yeah, you're, you're right, Neil. It's, there, there isn't a, a bad song in that movie, um, and it is a lot more risque than than you thought. People of. Re- yeah, people. I can remember having it, the, the 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 book it had the pictures in it and the bit <coughs> of them doing the moonies out of the car and stuff. Yeah, it that's this. it. Good times. (laughs) Uh, Number six for me: Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with uh, Gene Wilder. Um, I mean, it's a musical, isn't it? I mean, yeah, Christ, yeah, yeah. Four or five ones. There you go. Yeah, and uh, the Candyman. That's it. Uh, where he twats a little girl with the, uh, with the camera. <laughs> the yeah, The dog. Is. And Gene yeah. Wilder, one of my absolute comedy heroes, Gene Wilder. Um, I don't think he ever did a bad movie. Mm. Or maybe in the later days with Richard Priory, maybe did a couple of yeah. really bad ones. But yeah, to me, it's um, yes, one of his greatest performances. Songs. And always... they brought
2: that to stage, didn't they? Um, it was at the um, Drury Lane they did it with... Um... Oh, I can't think who played Willy Wonka now, um, but they did a rehash of that, didn't they? A revision of didn't that, no, not long, not long ago. Hodge, what's his name? Douglas Hodge, is it?
3: Mm-hmm. He played oh, Willy Wonka, and apparently he was phenomenal. He's
10: okay. really good. He was in Le yeah. Bonheur
3: as well. He was amazing. Oh yeah. right!
10: And really? Timothy
3: Chalamet apparently has just finished filming. That's yes, in right. Oxford. Yeah, in Oxford, where yeah, in Oxford and in Gloucester. And in Gloucester. Yeah. Timothy Charlemagne in Gloucester. Look
1: at that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen
11: Uh, number five is a uh, cl- uh a hoarder cleanup, like a guy who oh, has right. to clean out hoarding yeah. houses. Hmm. Yeah, because then it's a lot worse than other stuff. Because I feel like there's a a you know like the strat layers and rocks. Like I feel like that's what it is in a in a hoarder's house. Like it's strat la- layers of garbage throughout the years, which yeah. incrementally to me get worse. I mean, there could be dead carcasses. There could be Mm. you know living things we've never seen actually breed together because they can't find the wild like we don't know what's gonna happen there and then just garbage and the smell and like do you know how many skin cells and like stuff that comes off your body that if you're not cleaning your house it's just Mm. i can't i can't but a
3: sewer worker lived there
11: yeah Yeah. Like oh, you'd be bringing
2: home, stuff home from work because that's what they end up doing, isn't it? Oh.
11: Yeah, yeah. It would just, I, I mean, I can't. It's And the, the kitchen, when I watch, have you ever watched Waters, that show?
3: I have. Well, got the, the, the British version. British yeah. version.
2: Yeah.
11: Yeah. Right, right. Of course. Uh, and then they, oh, I don't know, then maybe in your, your guys, that Miramite or whatever, maybe doesn't smell so bad. But in oh, no, America, when they open up that refrigerator and you watch all their faces, like that smell to me in the face just their expression supersedes all poop particles all feet smell all vomit like it's it's a face like i've never seen yeah and that's terrifying
3: yeah, I think that's...
2: Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, I, just a quick story. I've actually been in a hoarder's house. In my previous job, I was a food delivery man, you know, <laughs> supermarket foods people, and there was an older lady that asked me to bring it through. I went into the front door and I literally said, bring it through to where? Because I couldn't find a path to get through. It was that bad. And you said about the smell. The smell, honestly, I'd rather sit next to the manure farm than go back in that house it was horrific so much so when she ordered again i refused to take it in the house i couldn't get through
8: it
11: was horrific
2: i thought i couldn't even work out where she was sitting
11: i'm surprised you were let in the house because usually they're quite Mm. ashamed of the house yeah no she just said
2: bring it through and i Bloody, Ah. I was climbing over whatever I was climbing over. I was not a happy camper. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realise it was going to be that. So, yeah, I have experienced a hoarder. But like I said, there was, you know, all the doors were so, there was so much junk, all the doors were wide open. So you could see every room and they were just full. Black bin bags and newspapers that went back probably decades and decades. And I thought, where is she sitting and where is she sleeping? She must just sleep on the top of things. Just anywhere. Yeah. What
11: if it was just the garbage and it was like, hey, Neil, thanks for the food. <laughs> yeah. And like the house is just like, it just takes <laughs> your <laughs> fucking bag. That'd be so dope.
2: It would have been. That would have been more entertaining rather than yeah, just yeah. a stinky old lady that, yeah. yeah. Bless yeah. Bless uh, go on then, Neil, you're number five. So this is another British-centric one, so I'm going to have to a bit of context again. In the... Uh, they basically sell soaps, bath bombs, and all sorts of smelly things. Now, every time I'm in town and I walk past this shop, it literally does make me feel physically sick. It is too strong and overpowering. And I thought, what's the name not... of the
3: shop again, Neil? Lush. I think... Lush,
2: that's it. Yeah. Yeah, Lush. Um, so, you know, no disrespect to whatever they sell in that, but the smell is just, I can't get rid of it all day once I walk past it. It's horrible. And it li- really does make me feel nauseous.
3: It's pungent. It is so strong.
2: Um, yeah, sorry. I have
11: one similar, but it was in my alts, like, because I had too many. But I said a perfume count, like a like the right. perfume center.
12: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
11: I couldn't imagine staying in that space for hours, all no. the chemicals. You're just dying. It's just, like, killing your brains, basically. Well, one brain.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's a good one. Uh, right, my number lot. five. <clears throat> Excuse me
11: my number five is any
3: job where you have to be happy i hate those kind of any kind of maybe customer service jobs anything where if you're having a shit day you have to somehow get over that and portray happiness um any kind of conversation with the general public where you just have to be nice to people i can't it would, it would just be so depressing mm. i've had jobs like that where you've maybe been out the night before and you feel shit and you just don't really want to be nice to anybody um but there i mean that it's a wide ranging subject of jobs i'm sure it is that there are so many customer service jobs where you're some of mind you so basically you're, a greeter yeah, yeah. A, a gre- or anybody that just has to deal with the general public but you have to be Even if they're being shit to you, you have to be nice. It's part of the job description. customer service. Anything to do with customer service.
11: Well, I'll
2: put that as my number three then, because I put a retail supermarket worker, which I've done and I did for 10 years. Um, That kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I'll put the same. I think supermarket and shop workers are treated worse now than ever before. It's appalling the way they're being treated. On minimum wage, they're expected to do so much. that minimum wage by these big corporates that you know and yeah and the customers really are wankers they really do really do take it out on the poor woman man whoever on the checkout or stacking a shelf and it's vile the way people treat people in shops
3: yeah but it is weird how when you're the other side how quickly you react and you be that wanker yeah. I don't think I ever will be again. Not
2: no. enough
11: yeah. I'm never, I've never acted out on somebody. I mean, I maybe cause I work so many jobs that I mm. just, uh, the fact that you're out there and you're doing something to me, I already am grateful for you.
12: Yeah. And
11: it's yeah. Anyone who's worked service, there's, there's, especially people who don't tip as well. Like I don't think in the UK you guys do that as often like no, we're, they, quite,
2: they quite often add it to the bill anyway, a service charge in this country. So you don't oh, okay. really need
11: to. Yeah. yeah, like in America, they don't, you make half the amount of anyone else. So you're living off tips. Mm. And so when someone comes in and usually the ones who are the worst tip the least and they're yeah. the most, you know, hungry with your attention. Um, it's It's interesting. And I often say to those people, like they've never had to work. They don't know what it means, or what what an honest day's pay uh, means at all, yeah, or the yeah. the labor that it takes, and the and the mindset that mm. it takes, right, to go from one person who doesn't tip you and is an asshole, and then be able to put that smile on and not take it out at the next person. Just, it's, it's a definite human quality that I think should be uh, treated better. Yeah, for sure. No, completely yeah.
3: agree. Completely agree. Steve, your number four was Darth Vader. My number four was Darth Vader, yeah. And my Uh, number three
4: was Luke's appearance in The Mandalorian. So I've got that.
3: And Neil, your number four was The Lightsaber. It was. Uh, My number four, we've spoken about it pretty much all the way through this, is Star Wars production design. Just the whole, all of it. I think Mm. there isn't any other film or um, series of movies where every single piece of Star Wars design is just on the nose fantastic. I will I will look at the Millennium Falcon, I will look at the Tie Fighter. I've got all my pop figures here, the slave one, the Rancor, any bit that is designed, the droids, Vader, Kylo Ren, it's perfect. It, none of it ever looks um for, oh, forced if you, if you pardon, pardon the pardon yeah, so, yeah it always looks like it is absolutely practical to the galaxy and the world that they're in do you know what i mean yeah. whereas you look at some um I, I think things like tron and some of that it looks like they've made that to try and make it look cool and it doesn't seem to work whereas mm. star wars everything in it the guns every weapon mm. Um, but like you say, Steve, it's all
4: made from stuff that is just lying around. Yeah, um, I mean, all, all of the, the the stuff in the first film, none of that was really bespoke. I mean, the, the Stormtrooper guns were adapted rifles that they found in a yeah. uh, munitions uh, shop. And yeah, everything was just made to, obviously the, the, the vehicles were different, but yeah, it was just all made to look really old. And what, what a genius idea that we don't want it to look new yeah you know, we're not doing 2001 and you're right i think they were working on very tight budgets to a to a schedule to a film that none of them really knew what it was about until they saw the first or second cut so nobody really knew what was going on it was only in george lucas's head yeah um, but it, it just one of those magical times in life where everything just came together
3: yeah. well uh, jamie benning who joined us for the movie vehicle um episode uh, has a great Podcast called Filmumentaries, and uh he's been putting up on Twitter some behind-the-scenes photos of uh I think A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, and there's a picture of just stacks mm-hmm. of Airfix models that the guys from the first movie—that's what they used to break up and and mm-hmm. use little gibblies oh, gibblies kit. or something, greblis, greblis. Yeah, it's word. called that's kitbashing like, Yeah, that's yeah.
4: how they did it. So yeah, the, yeah you know and. and I'll talk about it in a minute because it's higher up my list. But yeah, okay. when you make the models, it's all replicas of the of the Airfix kits that they used. Yeah, and some people, you know, they they're passionate about getting the original Airfix kits and the little bits and making the models with the with original parts, not 3D printed ones or, or replicas. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, it's also um, like Han
3: Solo's blaster was originally. Um, I can't remember the name of the gun, but it was like a, a German pistol. Is it, Ma- was it a Mauser? Mauser. That's right. Yeah. And then people online are just like snapping up all these original mouse because they want to take like, yeah. cut the barrel off and make it into a hand solo DL44. If, if a
4: Graflex um, flash gun comes on eBay, it'll go for hundreds and hundreds of pounds. You yeah. know, so just because somebody wants to make a, a lightsaber out of an original Graflex rather than a replica.
8: Yes,
3: it's wonderful. I love it all. I love it
8: all.
3: <laughs> so, David, you're number three, please.
13: My number three. All right. I have two number threes. Okay. <laughs> okay? Because I couldn't decide. Okay, that's fine. All right, I'm sorry about this, but my two number threes are completely different genres. Linda Rostad. This is Canciones de mi, de mi Padre. And Linda Rostad, if anybody knew, she was half Mexican. Her father was Mexican. And she did her only Spanish-speaking album. And this is an original copy Um, With the original lyric sheet in it, it's worth about $130. Wow. And it is a representation of every Mexican-American going back and finding their roots. She was a staple of American culture and decided, this is where my family and roots are, and it's gorgeously beautiful. Yes, it's in Spanish. Yes, it's different because it's traditional Mexican music. To listen to this, you get a sense of her culture, where her family is and her heart belongs. It's wonderful. I picked these as my third because both these albums, the Pixies and that one, both inspired me that one about my heritage and this one about my musical expansion and why I I thought this was because if you're into the pixies, if you like the pixies, I don't know if either one of you have ever heard or listened to
2: them. I'll be seeing them in the summer.
13: Okay. I've seen them too. They opened for Weezer here in the United States. And I saw them back in the nineties when they were performing, um, you know, this is come on pilgrim. This is, An original um, A4D copy, um, I would say the worth of it is close to $75 or so. The hiding, the looking, the almost inside of a frame, the picture, look of this is, I'm going to hide from the world. I want you to look at me, but I don't want you to see me. Yeah. And the, I want to explore the world, look at me, really changed me as a person. Mm-hmm. Completely different albums that, if you ever liked Black Frank or or, or Frank Black or any of the synonyms that he goes by, and why I picked those two for my third, because it's almost there as, When I first heard that band, when I first heard her sing, at the same time, it made me change a little bit. It made me realize that my heritage and my future were kind of closely entwined because I will always remember my heritage and I will always remember that I can yell and scream and do whatever I want to when it comes to music, when it comes to my art, when it comes to my expression. And those meant a lot to me. That's my number three. Wow, I'm really getting deep. Man. This is wow, good. Wow, very oh, yeah, deep. Yeah. It's lovely to listen <laughs> to So
3: that's number three. Uh Neil, your number three was Abbey Road. That's it. Uh my number three. Now I have to thank Jen Berg again for this one because I didn't even know that this album existed until yesterday. Um it's Sesame Street Fever, which <laughs> I, never... I love Sesame street. And it's a it's basically a rip off of the Saturday Night Fever um album and cover. And I didn't realize until jenberg put on there as one of our honorable mentions. So you basically have Bert, Ernie and the Cookie Monster as the Bee Gees um <laughs> with um is it Gonzo or is it Gro no Grover. Grover doing the um John Travolta pose. The, uh, yeah, the. Um... And I, I looked at it and I thought, why have I never known that this album existed in my life? I need to, I need to get this. I need to at least find out where I can, I can listen to this. So uh, I will be doing that after the podcast. But it is. I
13: could probably find it for you.
3: Give, you got... me couple, <laughs> give me a
13: couple. Give me a couple weeks.
3: I'll okay. Find it out. It's just, it's just classic. It's just oh. a fantastic <laughs> album cover because it's, it's an iconic album cover anyway. Because the Saturday Night Fever mm-hmm. cover is iconic. But to have the like Sesame Street people in it instead is just fantastic.
13: Well, uh, Sesame so th- Street did a lot of these. They did a lot of these. They, oh, did uh, they? Ses- Yeah, in the eighties and nineties, there was a lot of. Uh, well, Sesame Street was really big. They, yeah. they made they made three movies in the in the late seventies and early eighties, and so wherever they could fit into an iconic big giant movie, they did it. Right. I um, mean, they weren't going to do like Rambo or anything, but. You know, (laughs) Saturday Night Live was definitely one of their wheelhouse. I'm pretty sure they also did, I think they also did Abbey Road.
2: Oh, Oh my God. This is where you have to go down the Google rabbit hole. I'm going to go
13: down the Google rabbit hole. I think so. I think I remember something like that. Something when Monsters did the Abbey Road. I just don't remember what it was.
3: I I would pay money to see the Sesame Street version of Rambo, though oh, definitely. <laughs> Who
13: I would, would definitely. be Rambo?
3: <laughs> eh? Who would be Rambo? Uh, Who
2: would be Os-
13: Rambo
3: in Sesame Street? Oscar the Great have to be. <laughs> oh wow! would Don't push me. Oh, he'd yeah, have to be. Probably. Yeah. He'd have to be. So back to you, Nancy, for your number two. Oh,
12: number two. Big Hero Six.
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> that is a really yeah. good movie.
12: Yeah, and um, taken from a Marvel. I don't know if it was like a comic run or uh, what do you call it when there's one story in a book, like a just one.
3: Yeah, like a one story shot. to it. Yeah.
12: Yeah, or a, whatever it may be called, that thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> about, and and the um about the boy whose brother i can't remember how his brother died but he gets this companion i think it's like a medical doctor robot aid yeah. thing and and they find out that the bad guys stole the technology from the brother and so they're trying to get it back and just all the misadventures that um these kids have and again a group of unlikely heroes that like just come and save the day and and i think some of the best um like really like some really gut-wrenching scenes and some real reality to it of mm.
3: life you know mm. yeah um baymax isn't it i think it's the name of oh, it is baymax yeah. that's right uh, some of the animation in this is Absolutely phenomenal. It mm-hmm. is yeah. beautiful to look at. Um yeah. see TJ miller is one of the voices, and I'm I'm not a massive fan of TJ Miller. He was in uh Cloverfield and Deadpool, he was like the wise cracking well. Oh, I, know, I, know. I I just yeah. I just can't um get but another a great um uh cameo from uh Stan Lee. Oh, Absolutely that one, yeah. isn't there, which is which and is I, fantastic.
12: Yeah, yeah um that, and that was like just uh not to sidetrack but here we go um that was a great thing about all the mar- marvel stuff was stanley
3: yeah doing all those cameos and stuff absolutely. you know it'd be one thing that you'd be waiting for you'd be waiting for stanley yeah. just wondering how are they gonna how they're gonna jam him in this time he right do? right right fantastic stuff absolutely i completely agree uh go on then neil
2: you're number two so uh this is nightmare before christmas um, Tom, Tom Selleck, Henry Selleck, Henry <laughs> Selleck and Tim Burton together. I nearly said Tom Selleck. Yeah, Henry Selleck and uh, Tim Burton together. I love this movie. I think that the, the touch of Christmasness with gothic works so well. <laughs> Uh, I think every character in it is so metac- metac- uh, meticulously, um created. The stop motion animation—I was watching the um, how you know the movies that made us. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yes. And the, the how they did it and the length of time it took them to do it. God only knows where they found that patience because they could give me some of that. Yeah. Um, but great story. Danny Elfman, great voice, great songs. And just a wonder, and it's it's staple in my house every Christmas and yeah, uh, yeah, Halloween to have an excuse to watch it twice.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not a fan. Really? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm gonna. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I just I don't know what it is. I mean, I love. I look. I love Christmas movies. Mm. I think I love Tim Burton, and I love. Stop motion animation. I love all that stuff, and for some reason, it doesn't hit me in the feels where I know it should do.
2: Wow,
3: it's really, really strange. That really, surprised it's,
2: me. yeah. It's, do you like any of his others, like The Corpse Bride? I mean, I'm a big fan of that. Not really, of of them. Of them. not really watched yeah, any of them. i
3: have not right. really watched any. So I put them along. And Coraline. Yeah, I mean, I've watched Coraline. Thought that was okay. Just but so I don't know. I don't know what it is. What? Why? I, it doesn't hit me because it's it should. The gothic. I don't, that, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's because I like things more lighter and brighter and sunshine and candy canes and Mm. stuff like that, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it's because he's trying to destroy Christmas and I love Christmas. Yeah, but it's all about redemption, isn't it? It is. It is. And going back
2: to uh, Marilyn Manson, Nancy, have you heard Marilyn Uh, Manson's uh, Nightmare Before Christmas um, song? Where all the rockers, yeah, that's great. Yeah,
12: it's a... Oh, all my cds are somewhere but it's like a uh, a bunch of covers
7: yeah
12: that and there's the, i mean there are some good songs that they covered i'm not like against covers but you just can't mess them up yeah <laughs> no.
3: you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 okay um so my number two talking of sunshine and uh sand and beautiful landscapes my number two is moana it Hmm. took me a while to watch Moana because I didn't Um, know anything about it. Confession, I still haven't seen it. Have you still not seen it? Neither have I. Have you not? Neither have I. First time I watched it, I absolutely fell in love with it. I couldn't stop crying. I knew that it was Lin-Manuel Miranda that did the music. It is an absolute delight. It is an absolute beautiful film to watch, a beautiful film to listen to. The music and the songs are fantastic. And, um... I don't know why over the last sort of few Disney films that came out, even the Pixar films, I just didn't watch them. I used to devour them when they came out. Mm. But for some reason, I don't know whether it's because of of COVID and not going to the cinema and then just coming out mm. on the TV, that I just thought, oh, I can watch it whenever I want. I'll watch it when I can. Uh, I did the same thing with with Coco and um, Soul and all of the Pixar movies mm. that, that you then watch and you go, oh my god, that's fantastic. Mm. Moana was the same. I just didn't watch it for for ages, <laughs> and then I started watching it and I never stopped. I got the same track, <laughs> kept listening to the same track. It's I, I would thoroughly recommend it. It's very it is one that I must watch. Yeah, it's very sensationally. Yeah. The Rock is fantastic um, as Maui. Uh, it, it's just like, really good. And the songs, again, are fantastic. There's a song by Jermaine Clement. Um, mm. It's uh, Flight of the Concords. Fantastic mm. song. He sounds very David Bowie in the mm. song. Oh. Shiny is the name of the song. It's fantastic. So, Donald, what is your number one fictional doctor?
8: My number one is The Doctor. The Doctor Doctor Who, yes, <laughs> yay, yeah. okay.
2: So, Don, if we had to pin you down to what incarnation of Doctor Who is your favorite,
8: it would be a tie between Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi.
2: Okay, great choices, great choices,
3: and a favorite ever episode. Oh,
8: it's either the episode where Peter's doctor figures out why he chose that face,
2: wrong, right. yeah,
8: or the first episode that had Maisie Williams in it. Okay, actually, that's the same episode. Never mind. So that's that episode. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go.
2: A lot of the, um, I would say, a lot of the finale episodes are great. The, especially yeah. the Peter Capaldi one, where he really utilises his time. And you might even see how Doctor Strange got his, what he did a little bit from what? their script. What do
3: you, you mean? Know, they kept going back
2: for years doing the same
3: thing. Oh, right, okay. Okay? Okay. Um, it's all right, you Don't spoil it.
2: Oh, right, it's when, um, it's the series where, it's the episode where he's punching to get through that wall.
8: Oh, yeah, the... That's a fantastic... That's another, that's from that same season. Yeah, it's a fantastic episode. Though. Where he, when he breaks through, he's on Gallifrey. That's it. Okay. All right
3: then. Okay. So, another question then, Donald. What's your favorite Doctor Who um, villain?
8: Oh, that's a tough one. The Master is always a classic. And uh, you got the Daleks, the Cybermen. I kind of like the Zygons. Okay. The Zygons. Shape-shifting can become anything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And
2: the weep- and then... angels are creepy as anything. Like that? Oh, They're yeah. Proper freaky. Freak my, <laughs> I let my son watch it back when it was first on, and I think I scarred him for life.
8: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you don't want to do that, Neil. You don't yeah, want to do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. That's Don's number one, uh, Neil. So who was your sort of joint number
2: one, uh, We've spoke about him already. Well, Don did Leslie Nielsen yeah. in probably his best. I still think it's probably his best comedic role. I mean, Frank Drebin is very close, but I think that is so so genius. Airplane. I watched it literally this weekend, just gone. It was on I, RITV2, and I sat and watched it all. Shirley, can't
8: be serious. I am serious,
2: and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> yeah. uh, the bit that really made me laugh, that I hadn't noticed, I, I'd forgotten. <laughs> Is uh, (laughs) the bit where he says they're all on instruments up there, and they're (laughs) all (laughs) in the (laughs) cockpit just playing? But there's so many of those moments. I mean, um, is it Lloyd Bridges as well? Is yeah, bloody hilarious. Looks like I picked Picked the wrong week. week. Just (laughs) (laughs) lit smoking, (laughs) and then it's all the way up to off and glue. Yeah, and he comes down upside down. Yeah, (laughs) that's but we can talk about it for ages. People that haven't seen it, I mean, there must be quite a few of the younger generations that haven't had the experience. Mm. I hope it carries on as funny to them (laughs) as it does
3: to us.
8: I will say, again, some of the people that I've watched they're like it, it would never be able to be made today
3: no that's right yeah yeah i mean to be fair there are movies in the 90s that wouldn't get away Wow, well, even the two th- you, know, you wouldn't be able to make something like tropic thunder today i don't think no those, those kind of movies you, you know so, so it's but I, I do think when you look at it through the vision of of its time but it's but still I don't one think of the greatest. It's got anything that offensive in it. I mean, no, but, maybe, but, there, but, there, but there's things that people would try and find yeah. in it that are offensive. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. And it's just that it's just the time that we're in. It doesn't matter whether there is yeah, anything true. offensive. People will look for things that are offensive in it, yeah. and probably find it. Whether it's just a pair of. You know, jiggling breasts that are there for no reason whatsoever.
2: Well, you know, it's you know, someone still, when you they know. all panic and yeah. all running past the screen. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all part of the a joke. Assume crash it?
3: positions and they all start getting on the <laughs> chairs. Yeah. It's, it's all part stuff. of the joke. It's great
2: stuff. It is such it's probably one of the greatest comedy movies of all yeah. time. It's got yeah. to
3: be now. And I think in all what 40 episodes that we've done now, there has never been a time where I wish I'd put one particular thing in my top 10 uh, more than um, the Leslie Nielsen character from Airplane. Uh, my number one, Neil, you sort of have mentioned this, although I have got two at number one, because I don't think you can separate them. It's Dr. Henry Jones and Dr. Henry Jones Jr. Right. We named the dog Indiana. Um, Who's that? That that was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was, that was, uh, <coughs> that was Bunsen Honeydew that's who that was <laughs> um, you have to have both of them they were both doctors and uh, yeah. and yeah. if you can't you, you, know, you have to have one you have to have the other I mean you probably could put uh... oh god what was what was their friend's name what was their friend's Raven, name Ravencroft um... no 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 Denim, oh, Elliot's, what, Denim character. Elliot's character uh, god what's his name
2: what? Brody was it Brody? What, Denham Elliott's Yeah. Yeah, Brody, was not
3: it? I'm Chief, sure. why, am I, why am I thinking of Chief Brody? That's oh, right, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> that is the wrong movie. Well, that is crazy that I've forgotten his name. But it, what was his first name? I can't remember now. They just called him Brody, didn't they? That's oh, crazy. come on no. Dan, uh, Yeah, it's just Brody. It just says yeah. Brody. Okay, yeah. Um... Didn't you not have a dog named after him? Who you? We have a dog. Yeah, we have a dog called Indy. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but you had a dog called Brody, didn't you? We did have a dog called Brody. Yeah. yeah. And when we bought, well, well, when we got the the little sausage dog that we've got now, <laughs> I wanted to call him Short Round. Right. No. so you could call him Shorty but my wife wouldn't have it so ended up being called Fred which is nothing to do with the Indiana Jones franchise at all which is right called a dog Fred <laughs> yes. yeah Ten,
2: 9